Hi, this is Karen Worthy, and today I'm going to tell you about nine very simple but impactful resume tips that are going to change your resume and get your recruiter's attention. Hi, and welcome to Solved It, the show where we explore big, impossible problems and talk to the people who solve them. I'm Karen Worthy, your host, and I'm excited to have you here. Let's get started. So the reason I'm thinking about this right now is last week I did a free giveaway on my LinkedIn page where I did 15-minute resume reviews and reviewed um, bunches of different people's resumes and was able to give them personalized tips. But as I was doing that, I saw some common themes throughout several of them. And so I wanted to kind of pull those themes together and share them here for anyone who might have missed that post or who wasn't able to take advantage of that. because it is something that I only have limited time to do. Um, So I wanted to share this so that anyone who wants to be able to edit their own resume can hear these and hopefully go through their resume with that in mind. Um, I will do more free giveaways off of my LinkedIn channel at some point in the future. So if you're not following me, feel free to go to LinkedIn and search for Karen Worthy, and um, I'll be on the lookout for that and do some more free resume uh, reviews in the future. Um, I'm also thinking about offering these at some point as more of a service. So if you're interested in that, reach out as well. But I wanted to do something for free that you guys could use immediately. So that's what this podcast is. So I'm going to go through the nine most common resume mistakes that I saw, um, not just in this giveaway, but that I've seen in general overall. Um, And these are pretty simple things to remember to do or to fix on your resume for the most part. But they're things that if you overlook them can make a really big difference in your chances of getting that first interview. So here we go. Number one, it's all about how the recruiter can get a hold of you. So obviously put your name at the top of your resume. Everybody did this. But there's some other things that sound really obvious, but they really are not obvious. And so also at the top of your resume, right below or right next to your name needs to be your email address, your phone number and your LinkedIn URL. You need to um, also put your location on here. This is not necessarily a, um, this is not necessarily a, this is not, not even not necessarily, this is not your street address. This is your city and state, although it doesn't even have to be that specific. If you live in a large city, so let's say you live in Denver, Colorado, yes, put your city and state. But if you live in a suburb 20 minutes outside of Denver that nobody has ever heard of, don't put the suburb name. Instead, put Denver area, Colorado, so that people know roughly where you are. Um, Please, please, please do not put your actual street address on here. Um, We don't want people stalking you. We don't want people actually being able to know where you live. Uh, City and state is fine. Also, do not need the zip code. I saw a lot of zip codes on there. Um, You also need to make sure... that your name, email, and phone number, at least, maybe not all of the information, but at least your email and phone number and name are on the top of page two as well. Um, That brings me to tip number two. Two pages is the ideal length. And I will put a couple caveats on that. If you are Jeff Bezos or the president of the United States, you can get away with more pages. You probably also don't need a resume because everybody knows who you are. If you are less than five years out of college, one page is probably fine. Everybody else, two pages is your magic number. Um, Two pages is more than enough space to get what you need on there. 
if you're like, oh, no, but I have this amazing career and I can only tell the story in three pages. I'm sorry to break it to you. Nobody's reading all three pages. And all they're thinking is that you don't know how to be concise enough to get it into two pages. Two pages is fine. Um, so that's tip number one and two. So tip number one is name, email, phone number at the top of the page and no street addresses. And tip number two is only two pages, no more, no less, unless you're one of those special cases that I just talked about. So now we're moving on to tip number three. This is your headline or your tagline. It goes right underneath. We're kind of working our way down from the top. It goes right underneath your, um, your name and your contact information on the top of page one. These are your key words that you want the resume or that you want the recruiter to identify you with. A lot of times this is your target job title. So if you, if I was writing a resume as I applied for a vice president of HR role, my top would say Karen Worthy. It would say my location, my email, my contact information, et cetera. Right underneath that, it would say something like, vice president of human resources or human resources executive or human resources leader or something like that. It would also probably say something that would differentiate me a little bit. So for me in particular, I have startup experience. And so if I was applying for a startup, I would tailor it to say human resources C-suite leader or human resources executive. And then I would put that little vertical line or a little nice dot or something to kind of differentiate it. And then right after that, I would put startup leader or a startup human resources executive or startup or something like or series C startup before even more specific. Something that really is kind of your calling card. Um, if I was really focused on employee engagement, for example, as my particular thing, or I was really good at compensation analysis, I would put that up there. You maybe five or six words max. You don't want it to be multiple lines. You want it to be fairly large font, but the thing that you are really looking for, it should honestly be your target title and maybe one or two keywords. So that is tip number three. Um, and I'm probably going to mess these numbers up as I go through, but that was tip number three. Make sure you have a headline. It just helps the recruiter to understand who you are and what you're going after easily and quickly with at a glance um, at your resume. Tip number four, uh, you want to include career highlights. So you've got, most people know to put these in the bullet points underneath each particular job but you also want to put them and pull some of the really good ones out and put them in this career highlights section. It goes underneath. So kind of working your way from the top, you've got your, your name, your contact information. You've then got your headline or your tagline right under it that has your title. You're then going to have like short paragraph about your professional summary, um, maybe a couple competencies or skills or keywords. And then right under this, you're going to have your career highlights. This is three bullet points not more, not less, three bullet points. And it is the top three accomplishments that you've achieved in your career at any role that you've been at that relate to the job you're applying for. These are your most impressive things. The reason you want to pull these out as opposed to just put these in the bullets under the job that they're associated with is your recruiter is more likely to see them and read them. A lot of times recruiters will look at the top half of page one and decide do I want to keep reading? Do I want to keep scrolling? Is it worth reading the bottom half of page one? Is it worth even flipping to page two? If you don't have your most impressive, best stuff in the top half of page one, odds are it might not get read if it's at the bottom of page one or if it's, heaven forbid, at the top of page two. So you want to get enough on the top half of page one that the recruiter says, oh, 
I want to keep looking at this resume for another 15 seconds to figure out what else it has. So you want to put this career highlights section in there. Right, tip number five, I believe is the number we are on. Um, put, okay, so when you're doing the professional experiences, um, you're going to say you're going to have company name, you're going to have your dates, which we'll talk about in a second. And then you're, it's very tempting to jump right into your accomplishments or what you did there. Before you get to that, I want you to put one line that says what this company does and what's special about this company. The reason for this is it's a great place to put keywords that relate to the company you're applying for. So if you're applying for a uh, company in the retail industry space that is a startup company that has um, a focus in jewelry, for example, and you've worked at a company that was also in the retail space or a company that was also in the startup world, this is your spot to really drive that home because your company that you have worked at in the past, the recruiter probably doesn't know what they do. They've probably not heard of that particular company before, but if they have a short description there, it makes it easier for them. They're now able to see company XYZ, whatever it was you worked at, was a, um, a SaaS company that focused in the retail space and was a series A startup and did such and such and such and such. One line with a lot of those keywords packed in there to show how your company, like what your company was so that they understand that you have the experience to move on to this next company that you want to be at. All right, tip number six, I believe we're on. Um, and so we said we were going to talk about dates. So dates, a couple things on dates. One is we want to prevent ageism. And so no dates before 2010. If you have experience before 2010, that is awesome. My resume goes back well before 2010. I feel old sometimes. But when I have all that stuff that's earlier on, I put the experience on there, like the name of the company, the names of the roles, and I leave the dates off. They go in my quote unquote prior experience or early career or however you want to title that section. And so you don't need the dates on there. It actually, um, it helps the recruiter to not, they're trying really hard not to be um, prejudice and not to have those biases creep in, it helps the recruiter to accomplish that. Uh, the other thing about dates is sometimes dates can look cluttery on the resume just in general, especially when you put the month in there. So you don't need months. You definitely don't need days of the week or days of the month, but you definitely don't need months either. So it's okay to just put, I worked here from 2018 through 2020, or and then I worked at my next job 2020 through 2022 or whatever it is. They don't care if you started there in August versus September in 2020. It's so long ago, it didn't matter. Just put the years on there. Even for most more recent stuff, just put the years on there. All right, tip number seven, um, keywords are important. So keywords are how your resume is going to get found in the applicant tracking system. So you're, you apply for something, it goes into this database called an applicant tracking system. Sometimes you'll hear it called an ATS short for applicant tracking system. And maybe you're one of 300 people that applied. This poor recruiter does not want to read 300 resumes. You might find some that will actually do that, but most recruiters are pretty good about searching. And uh, just like you would do a Google search for something, they're doing keyword searches in, your, in the resumes that are submitted for the ones that are most like what they are looking for. And so you want to make sure you have words in there that describe what you are and what you can do so that the recruiter can find your resume easily. The way to do this efficiently is to look at the job posting, look for 
I'll call them hard skills, not soft skills. So things that are less common and things that are more specific and more unique to this particular role. So a soft skill, not the ones I'm talking about, the soft skill might be something like team player, communication, uh, able to work. Uh, I want to say work well with others, but that doesn't actually show up. But like Microsoft Office or something like that. Um, integrity, like those are soft skills. That is not what I'm talking about here. I am talking about hard skills. So um, has worked in the e-commerce industry for five plus years. That is a hard skill. Has experience with Salesforce. That is a hard skill. Um, has experience in a startup environment. That is a hard skill. These are things that are very specific that are not, they're not squishy. You either have them or you don't. Um, and so if you have them, you need to put them on your resume in wording that matches however the job description describes it. So if you have retail experience, um, well, so let's say you worked for Amazon and the job description that you're applying for says they need somebody with e-commerce experience for five plus years. And you say that you worked at Amazon, but you don't like actually say the word e-commerce in there somewhere. They might find your resume. They might not. They might not think to look at Amazon. I mean, they should, but they might not. Instead, they might just search for e-commerce. And so you want to have these descriptive words in there to make it easier for the recruiter. Um, making it easier for the recruiter is in your best interest because it makes your resume more likely to get found and then more likely to get passed on to the hiring manager. Um, all right. So next up, we have number eight. So, okay, eight and nine. These are our last two. Eight and nine are so important. I have two tips about them. And these are the bullets that go underneath your work experience. So people are very tempted to put what they did, which I get it. Like you spent a lot of time. You did a lot of great things. But what goes here is not actually what you did. Just by looking at the job title, and you can fit this in a little bit um, just from a from an understanding point of view, but what you did is not really what's important. What the recruiter is looking for is what impact did you have and what results did you achieve? And then they'll look at how you did it. Um, so if let's say you are a, uh, a operations uh, general manager of a company and you're very tempted to say what you did. So like I managed 200 people and I led day-to-day -day operations and I managed a P&L. That's great. It's good to have those in there because they're good keywords and good information. You can put those in there for like one line, but most of it needs to be about the impact you had. So instead of talking about, um, so let's think about an example. So I implemented, if you're an operations manager or general manager, you might say, I implemented a quality management system and it was amazing. And so that's what you did. That's fine. Like, cool. You have quality management system or QMS experience. Um, but what was the impact? What was the result? And so you, you want to phrase this more as a impact. So you can say something like, I reduced defects by 15% through implementing a quality management system. All right. So now you have results and you have an action of what you did. So the formula here is results first, some kind of number, hopefully, plus action, how you got the, those results. So if you think about this example, I reduced defects by 15% by implementing a quality management system. So num a verb, like reduced, number, and a thing, like defects by 15%, 
by whatever you did, implementing quality management system. And so you, that's your formula, results plus action. Then you want to put the impact in there. So the impact or impact or context. So the tip eight is results plus action for your bullets. Tip nine is put this in context with some implications in here. So let's take the same example. You reduced defects by 15% by implementing a quality management system. So what? What did that help with? Like, why does that matter? And you might think, of course, it's obvious. I reduced defects. This is amazing. Yes, I'll grant it. It probably is amazing. And with my quality background, I'm all for you reducing defects. But from a business point of view, so what? Like, was this unheard of or was the goal to reduce defects by 30% and you only managed to do 15%? And so putting some context in there helps. So something around like, it could be like why this is groundbreaking, why this is a first of its kind, why this was better than everybody else. So you could say something like reduced defects in my facility by 15% by implementing quality management system. Um, and then you can say like, reduced defects by 15% compared with company benchmark of only 5% reduction or something like that that shows you went above and beyond. Or you can say something like reduced defects by 15%, which saved the company 3,000 customer complaints or save the company even better if you can put a dollar sign, save the company $800,000 in returned product or something like that. Anytime you can put a little more context, a little more oomph behind it, it's going to help uh, sell, the, sell the success that you did. And you did a lot of work to get a really great success. So you just got to make sure you're, you're selling it correctly. All right. So hopefully this is helpful. I will, um, I'll post an article at some point this week as well to on my LinkedIn post that kind of summarizes all nine of these tips. So if you are wanting to see them in written form, go check me out, follow me on LinkedIn. And hopefully, um, hopefully this was helpful and feel free to reach out if I missed something. Would love to hear from you. Message me on LinkedIn as well. All right. Thank you. Bye.